Welcome to the Planet Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Gerald Trinidad and Vienna Ortiz. This podcast is your favorite place to talk all things planners and planner-related conversation. By listening to Planner Talk, you'll get practical and actionable strategies for planning while paired with conversations about hot topics in the planner community, interviews with shop owners and influencers, and tips on business and following your passion. This podcast will always give you the dose of good conversation, practicality, realness, and motivation you need to be your best self. To our podcast today, we have a very exciting guest, um, Julie's Plan. You guys know who she is. She's been in the community forever, it seems like, probably since the beginning, right? Um, I consider her an OG planner. I don't know about you guys, but every time I think OG, I'm like, yep, Julie's one of them, like 100%. Um, she has, and I don't know if she knows these numbers or have combined them herself, but I'm going to tell it. Um, she has over 50,000 followers on Instagram and 20,000 followers on YouTube. Guys, combined, that's over 71,000 people tuning in to whatever she has to say, which obviously is interesting to everybody because look at these numbers. And I don't think she had any idea that that many, like you put even a thousand people in a room. Now do that times 71. That's a ton of people. I think there's a way on the internet that you can look up on Google a room full of X amount of people, which I probably wouldn't because that would give me a ton of anxiety to be like, oh my gosh, all these people are listening to me. But that's a whole lot of people. And there's a reason why so many people love and adore her. You guys, she's awesome. She's been a friend of mine since the beginning. Um, so it's so awesome to watch her grow um, the way that she has. And I know you guys are going to love her if you don't know her yet. Um, but we have Julie. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited to be here. This is so much fun. Yay. Okay, so we have an icebreaker. And okay. as a fellow Hamilton lover, I need you to pick one Hamilton song that's your favorite. And I couldn't do it, so you gotta do it. So, oh man. Right? Oh. Okay, so really, it's actually nonstop because it's six minutes and 25 seconds. Oh. <laughs> and it like, pretty much sums up the entire first half of the play. And for those of you who don't know, it includes just about every single song from the first half of the play. So it's definitely nonstop. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's a good answer. I didn't even know that was a title. I was like, I'm, what is she saying? <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. I just don't know the titles. And I know Vienna was Listen, dying. the number of times that I have listened to the Hamilton soundtrack is embarrassing. So my, my family knows if you get in the car with me and I plug in my phone, we're about to listen to Hamilton. Um, I, it's, it's literally what I listen to when I go to work, when I come home. For, I don't listen to the radio anymore. It's literally just Hamilton. It's a little bit weird, but... I'm okay with it. I really am. I, yes. yeah, every single word, all, however many hours long, I know every single word from beginning to end. Yeah. 
it's a beautiful piece of it is it is and I just get like I get like so pumped for work like listening to it I mean like some of the songs obviously are a little sad but (laughs) um I just I love it so much and I feel like specifically in the last year especially in our country like that play just resonated with me so much that I just I think that's why I just like I, I had heard of Hamilton before, but because I hadn't seen it, I just really couldn't connect the dots. You know, I couldn't be someone that listened to the soundtrack and have never visually seen how it worked. And right. I remember texting my girlfriends and I was like, okay, you know, it's on Disney plus, this is what I'm going to do. It was July 3rd. Like, <laughs> and I, I remember just like, I'm such a nerd. I started crying. I was like, this is so amazing. And I just, it's, it's been like a daily part of my life since July 3rd, 2020. I love that you know the date. Like that, that's amazing. I would have sworn you watched it, yeah. you know, live, but you've, it's all. Uh, no, wow. I don't have that kind of money. You know, what's funny is I had no idea what that play was. I didn't even know that play was coming yeah. out until I saw Vienna actually on Instagram, she's like, I have my Hamilton shirt. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what is going on? And then Joni goes, remember, that's the play that I want tickets to. And you're like, pass. And I was like, what? I did? And he's like, yes. Exactly. Yes. In San Francisco, (laughs) I asked (laughs) I know. I knew you both were like, Jordo, I'm so glad you didn't tell me. I know, I know. And now I'm like, what did we watch? I was so mad. After I watched it, I was like, how do we miss this? He's like, you didn't want to go out. I'm like, oh my goodness. So now I owe it to him to go actually watch it in person whenever we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big mistake. Oh my gosh. You're forgiven. (laughs) No, I don't forgive you. I'm not there yet. You need time. She needs time, Give guys. Me some time. Oh, God. Okay, th- love that. So the next question we have is, and this might be hard. If you have to choose one for the rest of your life, is it cheese or coffee? Oof. Oh, oh, you guys are going in for the jugular. Oh my gosh, yep. that's all Vienna. It wasn't me. Oh, oh man, it's gonna be coffee. It's gonna be coffee. I need, yeah. I mean, because this is going to be TMI, but coffee does not send me into a digestive crisis like cheese does. A good reason. So coffee is safe. It keeps me awake. It keeps me sane. Uh, cheese is like, I mean, my doctor's like, cut it out. <laughs> Just like, I can't. I love it so much. Okay. That's a good answer. Cheese is so good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so good little dangerous it's so funny because yeah growing, growing up in France like we eat cheese all the time but I know what it yeah. does to me and yeah. when I start pulling out all the cheeses Johnny's like are you sure and I'm like what do you mean are you sure yes but then I totally yeah. regret it later but at the time it's just it's worth it yeah and then this past year with all of like the charcuterie boards I'm like oh my god like (laughs) they're trying to kill us (laughs) yeah this quarantine life was I I don't know my poor insides right all I gotta say 
<laughs> experimenting with all kinds of new food, things you know you shouldn't eat. It's just like YOLO. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah oh my goodness okay so we usually ask the same question to all of our guests. oh wait what our favorite plant oh that's right oh. i have on here what's your favorite plant that's right so there's a little bit of a competition going on so i ha i have what's called a oh my god i forgot the official name but it's uh, a dumb cane plant it's uh, more in like a tropical environment, but right now it is like thriving in my shower. Oh. <laughs> it's actually, it's in my tub area. We have like one of those garden tubs that like no one ever uses. Um, so I have all these plants um, around the like edge of the tub. My husband's like, it's useless now. We can't use the tub, but um, I, have, I have a few too. I have a Birkin. Um, it sounds like the fancy bag. It is not. It's also, um, I have a lot of tropical plants. I live in a very humid area. So um, I have a few monsteras. I have a couple varieties of monsteras. I have a Swiss monstera that hates me. It's like determined to die. Um, so we are not friends. Um, <laughs> and I have um, another plant. It's called the ZZ plant. That thing is so easy to take care of. Like you could forget about it for weeks and it's just like <laughs> still alive. <laughs> but I love my plants. And right now I'm trying to grow two avocado trees. So just pray for me. <laughs> Look at you. I cannot do the plants. I'm so bad with plants. Yeah. Like they will it's, it's like something that I got from my mom and my grandmother. Like they love plants. I mean, I grew up like on and off in Puerto Rico in like a very tropical climate. So I love plants like so much. And when we were like military, military, my husband retired a few years ago from the army. We couldn't ever get plants because plants don't move well. You know, things have to go in storage. Plants don't last in storage. So I just didn't see the point of wasting the money on plants. But now that we're like never moving, <laughs> I'm like, here's another plant. Right. <laughs> It just appear out of plants. nowhere. I, yeah. How many yeah. plants do so. you have? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just an okay, estimate. So if you get a family, maybe like <laughs> maybe like twenty twenty five different areas of the house. Yeah, that's, that's and then like in the summer, I propagate my plants. <laughs> so like, okay, so that's okay. <laughs> What? Taking a cutting off of your plant and making another plant. That, that's oh. all that is. Propagating. Oh, plant. She's yeah. cloning. Yeah. Plant. <laughs> okay, cloning. <laughs> but the proper word is <laughs> propagate. That's yeah. I even okay. have a I have a little like propagation station. I know it sounds nerdy. I'm such a we need to know more about these plants. I did not know the level of master gardener that you were. Yeah. I had no oh, yes. idea. <laughs> See? I yes. mean, we all, I'm, mm -hmm. yeah. And she plans. We all, all have our thing. Yes. Yes. As long as it makes you happy and like, I mean. Absolutely. You know, my family, my I mean, there, there are worse hobbies. There are worse hobbies. So. Yes. yes, for sure. For sure, for sure. Thanks for sharing that though. I had no idea. I don't I don't yeah. know the first I just know that plants have been getting like super popular lately. 
Um, I think again, it just has to go back to people being at home and it's just like, everyone's like creating these nice comforting spaces and plants are a part of that. Oh, that's like number 25 right there. Oh. That one back there. <laughs> I just realized there's a plant there. Her. But that's crazy. It's like quarantine, right? Does that to you. It's like, can't go to the park. I'm going to bring the park to me. Right. <laughs> You know, but hey, yeah. it works. It works. I, I'm just, I think Johnny's glad that I did not get into plants because we would not have space for anything. Yeah. That's so funny. They, they do take up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's jump into your story. How did you find the planner community? Well, like Jardell said, I've been around since the dawn of planner time. <laughs> um, this actually started in like 2014. My husband was getting ready to go on his fifth deployment uh, overseas when he was active duty. And we had just bought the house that we live in now. I had a daughter about to graduate from high school, a son in middle school about to transition into high school. They were both in sports. Um, I was working full time outside of the home while trying to manage all of these things. It was just such a busy time of life. And I was about to have to do it as a, as a quote unquote single parent, you know, he was going to be overseas. So I started looking online for ways to get organized, stay on top of my stuff and just, you know, not be that mom that forgets where their kid is supposed to be like at practice or an event at school. There was just so much going on. And I, it led me to Pinterest. Cause I think back then Pinterest was a little bit more of the place to go, um, to find like organization type of things. And, planners started coming up and um I remember seeing a picture it was Jen Plan's picture of what she does in the back of her Erin Condren with her monthly tasks and I swear to you like the rest is history I just went down a rabbit hole that was so deep <laughs> that I was just like I, I, my first planner was a Bloom Daily planner because that's the route that I went. I said, I'll just get this five, $10 planner off Amazon, but it quickly wasn't working. I mean, I love Bloom Daily planners, but it just quickly wasn't the space that I needed. And then there was this planner that had like the vertical columns. I had not seen that before. I was like, what is this magical unicorn thing on paper? You know, and it was just, it was perfect. And I just started from there and I saw all these other people on Instagram because from her Pinterest picture that led me to Instagram and everybody was sharing. And I was like, oh, I have found my people, right? <laughs> just like, this is amazing. And I started sharing my pictures and that's, that's just how it went. It was, I still have the picture saved in my archives where I asked people on Instagram if I should switch because my Julie's plans account is my personal account. That's, it was my personal account before it became Julie's plans. Um, and I had asked the question, like, should I switch my account from a personal family, all this stuff to strictly planners and everything shifted. I remember going through and archiving all of like the 500 photos of my dog that I had posted <laughs> and um, just started sharing my planner and, and meeting these people in the planner community that have quickly become like my family. You know, it's, it's, it's been an amazing and very wild ride. <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. I didn't realize 2014. My gosh, that sounds like <laughs> ages ago. Um, but I think it was. It, it really was. And the com community was such a different space then too. It was 
mm. so different, much smaller. And um, yeah, it's it's changed a lot, but you've been through it. I mean, it's kind of nice to talk to someone that's, I mean, for as long as we've been in it, you yeah. have to. So you've seen the same things and just a planner in general, like the evolution of Philofax to, you know, your typical spiral planners that you would buy at Target and try to like make it pretty so you can post it on, you know, Instagram. I mean, that's, that's awesome that I think Instagram is really, I mean, you look at the hashtag now, planner addicts or planet, there's like millions. Mm -hmm. And to think of when we started, it was like barely hundreds of posts with that particular hashtag. It's crazy that we've been there through the whole time. Like, that's so cool. Through the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Now, I know you started, so you said you looked it up on Pinterest and then you went on Instagram. Now, I'm curious, what inspired you to start a YouTube channel? How did that come about? So when I started my channel, it was really before all of these additional features to Instagram came. So there were no stories, there were no reels, there was no IGTV. So there really wasn't a convenient way to share things. And people were consistently asking for, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, asking for like my method of planning or to share a plan with me. Cause at the time, plenty of other people were doing it. Um, so I thought here and there, I'll just post a video. I still remember my very first YouTube video was how to fix a Aaron Condren coil that year of coil gate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If you're new to the planner community, you're probably like, what? So there was a year with Aaron Condren that they cut their coils like five inches too long and nobody could turn their planners properly. And I was like, Y'all, there's a quick fix with some pliers. <laughs> um, but I, it started with that. And then I would share like a video once a month, once every three months. And if I'm being 100% honest, when I got, um, it was actually right before YouTube changed its terms of service, like agreement with its partners. They were about to change the view minutes and the watch time and all of that. And I was... <clears throat> I was about one video away from losing my partnership with YouTube. Like it would have taken me a lot longer to get where I am. Um, so I was kind of grandfathered into the older rules because when everyone found out that this was happening, like the community like rallied together. Like in my case, specifically Cindy over at Llama Letters was like, yo, who's got like so close, I will shout you out. I will do all of these things. And so I quickly pumped out another video and I stayed in the new qualification and I was like now I feel like <laughs> I owe the community <laughs> you know a little bit of you know something back for keeping me here and allowing me to continue to partner with YouTube and um from there over time I just realized I, I really loved doing it and I I am a creature of habit so as soon as I came up with a rhythm I knew that that's what I wanted to stick to so I have been uploading three videos a week for like well over two years now but if I, I try to never miss a video. Like it does not work well with my soul <laughs> if I miss a video. That is wow. so crazy. That's a lot of videos a week, but man, kudos to you for that. You know, it's clear that you love it. So that, that helps. Um, so what is your best advice for listeners? Like they want to start a channel, but they're hesitant. They don't know, is, is it too late for me? Or like, what should they do? What, what's your best advice? 
My best advice is to actually just go for it. I, I get this question a lot, at least weekly in my like Instagram DMs. Like people are like, well, there's already other people doing this. And I'm like, that's great. There's more than one type of car. There's more than one type of nail polish brand out there. Like, and everyone loves different things about them. Like I'm also a nail polish nerd. I could just tell you about all the things that I'm obsessed with. But the thing is, is you're always going to bring something fresh and new to the platform. There's going to be someone that doesn't prefer my planning style and might prefer someone else's. They might like the sound of your voice. They might like the types of stickers that you use. They might like the planner that you use. And there is a you there's an audience for everyone. And there is room for every single person on the platform. There's not a limit of people that can be on YouTube. So if you are interested in it, you should go for it. And I promise you, I know that this sounds crazy to some people to say this, but I promise you that once YouTube starts paying you, it's a huge motivator. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people are like, really, really, you're going to say that? I mean, yes. Once you start getting paid from YouTube, you're going to be like, aha, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, it just is. Off the record, I don't get a ton from YouTube. And I think it's because I'm not consistent, even though I've been on it forever. I'm just like, I need to get to that sweet spot where it's like, ah, okay. Like, and I feel like I haven't like reached that yet. And but when when you do, it's like you know it. Like my paychecks are more regular, like they're always within about a hundred dollars of one another. So I don't ever have to be like, how did I go from X amount to like, it's half that has never happened because I'm always doing the same thing, you know? So, and I've told people what my YouTube income is. It's not like it doesn't pay my bills, but it's nice when there's an emergency. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can make anywhere from a thousand to $1,500 a month posting on YouTube. And that, to me, that's significant, right? Because I could be not putting any ads on my channel, not doing anything and choose to get nothing. But I, I like it. <laughs> so, you know. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. How do you go about deciding what videos to post? Because you said you do three videos a week. Like that's, that's a lot. For people that don't create videos, it's a lot it's a lot of work. So how do you pick like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, I'm just curious. So there is a method to my madness <laughs> and it actually makes my ability to create content super easy. Mondays are always the same video. Wednesday is also always the same type of video. And so is Friday. It makes my life so easy. And then the last week of the month is where it only that's the only week that changes. So Monday will be a plan with me. That Wednesday will be the monthly plan with me for the upcoming month. And then that Friday will be the favorites for that month. But every Monday is a plan with me. When I was doing my weekly vlog, every Wednesday was weekly vlog Wednesdays. And then right now, Fridays are for daily plan with me. It makes creating content absolutely mindless for me. <laughs> so I, I'm all about working smarter, not harder. Like I, I'm not here to make my life extremely difficult on YouTube because it, it can consume your life. And at the end of the day, my perspective is I don't own the YouTube platform, right? YouTube owns it and they could decide to snatch it out from underneath us one day and it's, it's gone. Um, so have fun with it. It, it shouldn't be like this stressful, you know, thing that, that takes over your whole life and steals your joy. Must be for fun and make some money on the side. <laughs> I love that. I think you're speaking to my soul because 
I feel like me and maybe some other people get caught up in like, I have to do all these different videos, like different topics. And it has to be like something different all the time, but your proof that it doesn't have to be that way. And we're making it harder than it has to be. And so I'm definitely like a victim of that. But I think that a lot of, you're saying a lot of your success is that you are consistent. So that's key, right? Is just being consistent and staying on top of it because I think that's probably the hardest thing. You guys, setting up your your lights and setting up your camera and all of that, that's hard. It takes a lot of time. But once you get, it sounds like once you get the hang of it, like you're good. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I Even for me, like I've completely moved where my desk is because I loathe setting up lighting. So I move my desk in front of a window. I know that, you know, during this time of year, if I don't get a video filmed before a certain time, it's probably not going to be fun on the post-production side when I have to do like loads of color correcting. I, I don't like to do that, <laughs> but um, it, it happens sometimes. So I try to almost never film at night because that is a lot of work. Um, and again, if it takes up a lot of my energy, it becomes more work and less for fun. And yeah, at the end of the day, you can make money off of this, but just keep it fun, make it simple. Um, do the videos that you love doing. People are gonna ask you for content all the time. And if your heart's not in it, just don't do it. Just, you know, they're not, they're not writing your paycheck. <laughs> so do the videos that you really want to do because your audience is going to know it. If you're sitting there and you're like, I don't really wanna answer these questions. I don't wanna do this video, they're gonna know it. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think being completely transparent and honest, like, I think that's one of the, one of the big comments that I get on my videos is like, you're so real. You're so, I'm like, but this is me all the time. I'm not going to put a front on to make people feel better about watching my videos. You like me for me, or just find someone else on the platform that fits what you're looking for. That will not hurt my feelings. <laughs> right? yeah. So yeah. I think that's just really important. And it keeps you creating genuine content and, and, you connect more with your audience because they know what to expect from you. If you're one person one day and then another, on the, it's like people are just gonna be like, who, who is this person? Who are they? Like, I don't know who they are. <laughs> That's great advice. Great advice. I think it's super important and it's hard. It can be really hard to be authentic, but once like, or yourself, but once you are, it's so freeing. Um, because it is, it's scary. It's like, are people, you know, if you're like me, you're like, are people, gonna, but then it's like, once you do, you're just like, well, I kind of don't really care. Cause I feel good. You know, <laughs> like I feel happy. Um, and I think that's key to like show your passion showing through. So that's a great advice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, okay. So what does your filming setup look like? Cause a lot of people get caught up on that. I don't have a good filming setup and I don't have room in my house and I can't do it. I can't do it because of that. So what does yours look like and what um, advice do you have for those people? So my filming setup started with my iPhone. I always like to tell people how I started because more, more than likely the person who's listening to this who wants to start doesn't have a camera, doesn't have a tripod that necessarily works, you know, but you can just make things work. I have seen people start their channel with their phone stacked on a stack of books to create the content that they want to create. It, 
it works. Phone cameras these days are so amazing. So if you think that you just have a phone camera, like you have an amazing tool at your disposal. And so starting off with that is great. Don't go into debt trying to get all this fancy stuff that's about to come out of my mouth because it did not, it did not happen overnight. I've been, like I said, I've been doing this for years and a lot of the income that I make goes right back into buying things so that I can continue to be a good or hopefully great content creator. So I currently use a Canon G7X. I feel like that is like the like YouTube standard, right? Everybody, right? So this is like a great, great camera, not cheap by any means. In my opinion, it's like what, five, 600, depending on what time of year you buy it, right? Um, there were there was a time when the Canon, the, the Mark III came out and that thing was a hot mess. So everyone went back to buying this thing and you couldn't find it anywhere. It was kind of funny, but... <laughs> But, um, so that's one of the cameras that I use. I also have a Canon M50 that is kind of a beast of a camera and it does not work well with my top down tripod. That thing will come falling forward. So I have a love hate relationship with that one, but for like my front facing videos, I will use the Canon M50 because it's a mirrorless camera. Um, I honestly don't know a thousand percent what that means, but I do know that the stuff behind me looks really amazing and blurry and it makes you look nice and you know, super professional. And you can also do external microphones with that, which is amazing. That's a whole other, <laughs> but um, I, so I use an Akron mount, I think is what it's called for my overhead shooting. It looks like an arm. It doesn't have a traditional tripod where the legs can get in the way and they're visible in your, in your shot, uh, which is amazing. And then I have a, I forgot the name of the tripod that I have. Oh, it's a Manfrotto tripod. That thing is amazing. I highly recommend it. It comes with a little like knob that you can attach to your camera. It makes switching out your camera on and off the tripod super easy. It's got like a single handle to like adjust where the camera is facing. So that's really it. I have like my Canon G7X is my go-to camera. The other camera is kind of, she's grounded. Um, <laughs> and just my tripod and natural lighting as much as humanly possible. Um, I know that not every house works well with natural lighting. So um, I also, let's talk about editing software because I feel like that can be like a huge source of like, ah, what to use. And I started off with iMovie, which is perfectly free and works perfectly fine. And then I just decided I was gonna like upgrade all the things. And I, I now um, edit on Final Cut Pro, which is, whew, that is a beast to edit with. But once you get the hang of it, you can like do it in your sleep. So. Um, that's what I use to edit with now. I really, really love it. I get music, uh, like royalty free legal music <laughs> from, um, Epidemic Sound. I absolutely love the music, but it's like hands down the best. I subscribed to another brand before and it was like, eh, it was okay. The YouTube library has free music. There's lots of ways to create content for free. So start with what you have and use all your free resources first. And then if you know that you're going to stick with it, then you can start investing in these little pieces that can help make creating your content a little bit more, you know, upgrade, upgrade those things over time, over time, because it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, so it's true. So yeah. expensive. I don't think people realize like, oh, I'm going to start YouTube. And then you're like, oh, I need a camera. Oh, I need lighting. Oh, I need to edit. Oh, I need the sound. Oh, like it's... <laughs> It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Now, on average, how long does it take you to produce a video from content creation to it's like you're done, it's uploaded? How long does that take you? 
So, oh, that's, oh, that's a good question. Cause it also depends on the type of video. So since I typically do plan with me and my plan with me videos are anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes long, um, that actually starts off at 45 minutes long. So <laughs> I do have a little bit of a process that has made things a lot faster. So the filming can take 45 minutes. My, I don't have lighting to set up because like I said, I film in front of a window. Um, so 45 minutes to film, uh, I probably spend 15 minutes doing what uh, a lot of people call a rough edit to get out any sort of weird gaps and, and things to make things really short. And I add like an intro and my um, end screen that that just takes like 15 minutes. But then when I actually sit and edit and hope to God, I don't pick up my phone like 500 times. <laughs> um, it probably takes me an hour to edit a video. It's it just depends on how much I have to edit. Um, but like I did a daily plan with me that went up today and that was only 15 minutes. And that took me literally like 20 minutes to edit and I was done. But Things like a weekly vlog, ooh, those things start off two hours long, and then they end up being two to four hours of editing. Yeah, th those are not my favorite to edit. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, the weekly vlogs are so easy to edit. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> so hard. That is so hard. <laughs> so, um, everyone just has their things that work well for them, but my plan with me is they just... I just got a good rhythm going that it's it's super fast. I, I normally have my music pre-picked out, things like that. I probably only pick out new music like once a month because that's also sitting there spending hours listening to different music to see what works well with the style of videos that you do. And it, it, there's a lot behind the scenes that can take a lot of time, but there's also, once you figure out your ways, your way around different things, like I just recently learned that on YouTube that you can save your description so that it auto populates on every video. I've been doing this for years and did not know this. Oh, so I'm no. this up today, like right now. I was going to a previous <laughs> video and copying oh, the description no. and pasting. Ah! So then <laughs> someone had posted about it and like Instagram stories and I was like, I'm sorry, what? They were like, yeah, there's, it's in your settings. You can save um, how your video, does it, you know, auto upload? Of course, mine have always been private because you have to do all your things. Um, they auto upload private. Your description's already there. Your tags are already there. Oh my God, girl, the last year and a half, I have been manually putting in all of that stuff. <laughs> yes, no, I you can, you can save it. You can save it and it's already there. So like uploading to YouTube is like that, like, Done. Wow. I just I just go in and schedule it. Make sure my end screen is there. If I want to put up any cards, I I, I so was like, I, <laughs> there are so many systems in place because, to yeah. make this easier for us. And I'm just over here like, yeah, I doing it the like, old yeah. dinosaur way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my like, goodness. Copy paste. Like I'm old school on so yeah. many levels. I was like, okay, this is this just takes a long time. Uh, <laughs> I wish I would have told you sooner. <laughs> Jaredell. Break two, Jaredell. You too, Diana. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh my gosh, so good. So working a nine to five, a lot of people are working nine to fives and they want to start a YouTube channel, but they're like, I don't have the time. And you're so good at routines. You're so great at just creating some type of routine and sticking to it. And so what's a great routine for YouTube? Like, what does that look like for you? And how can they make their own routine for YouTube if they want to get into it? 
that that's a great question. And I think more than the routine is your environment and your current life situation, right? So if you're creating content and you're in a situation where you have young kids that are, you know, you need to be there for them. Posting three videos a week might not be re realistic. My kids are much older. They are 18 and 22. So <laughs> um, I I'm obviously like, they don't need me as much as say a toddler. So your life situation plays a really huge role in how much content you can pump out, right? So I think that that's something to consider is what season of life that you're in. I, like I said, I have older kids. Yes, I work full time, but Second to that is probably the support system and under like getting your family on board or whoever, you know, your partner or whatever, getting them on board with understanding that this is important to you if, if it's something that you really want to do. So starting off with maybe one video a week and saying, I need this day at this time to film these videos, that would be great. You know, everyone, like my family knows on Sundays from one to two, it's quiet time. <laughs> So they all go, everyone goes to their rooms. They go to like the four corners of the house. Everything's quiet, you know, and then they, they just know. So it's important to communicate that to the people around you, that this is important to you. And it's something that you want to do because having the people around you support you is going to make it that much easier and, and less stressful and less of a hassle. Um, so nowadays, the only thing I have to worry about is my super needy chihuahua back there, like barking at something. Right. So it's just know the season of life that you're in and don't expect to immediately start off YouTube thinking that you're going to do three videos a week because it is not realistic. It is so not realistic. There are weeks where I'm like, I don't know if I can even get one video up. It just happens. And then other weeks, I, it's easy. Um, but it's not like that every single week. And like now we're coming up on like planner launch season and that just throws a curveball into all of my content. I don't really do a whole lot of planner launches anymore, uh, but um, so hopefully it will be nice and calm over here. That was good. <laughs> no, that was, no, but that was great advice. That's so yeah. true. I know yeah, like, yeah. I don't do YouTube as much, but it's mostly because I have a toddler right. and then like, I'm going to do this video right now, but then it's like, mom you know and I'm like right ah, you know so it, that's such good advice to like hey yeah I get a lot of people with kids <laughs> asking and I'm like look it, it it's gonna have to be like during nap time like you're gonna have to know like maybe you gave your kid a tranquilizer dart I don't know but you can't control <laughs> when they you know you can't control when they wake up it's just there's so many like variables when you have younger kids. So I always try to remind people what my reality looks like um, is very different. Um, and I know that a lot of people don't understand that my kids are older or, you know, things like that. So, and I do film a lot on the weekends. Like my kids are off doing their own thing. My husband's off doing his own thing. And um, we're just in a different stage of life and it allows me to create this content. So if you're thinking about it and you're frustrated and you immediately want to jump in and, and, do what I'm doing or what other creators are doing, just know that it, it might take a minute to get there. And when your people around you get used to what it is that you want to do and they can help and support you, you know, maybe your partner can take the kids out <laughs> for ice cream or something like that when you want to film. It's just, you got to figure out your rhythm and it's not always going to be perfect. That's so good. So do you like schedule when you film so you said you film on Sundays right one to two your kids know your husband knows so how about the rest of the stuff because 
I mean, with planning and like, because I mentioned this a lot on my, uh, on the podcast that I'm more crafty. I'm more on the crafty side than planner side these days. And so for me, I have to create something in order to like come out with a video. So with you, since you're doing it every week, you can't really batch record like in four weeks, like your, your planner layout. So how does that, how, how does your schedule, like how do you schedule, I guess, when you're filming your videos? So honestly, like with my current position that I just left, I would be lying if I didn't say I took like a day off from work sometimes to get some things done. I am not a huge uh, content batching person. I just can't. Like you said, when I'm doing plan with me's, like my daily plan with me's are done the evening before. So this is like a good time of year because at least it's like we're, you know, heading into spring. It's a little bit lighter still when I'm done with work. Um, so I can film that video like right after work really quick and, and get it done. Sundays, I have to do my Monday video. So a lot of times it literally is the day before. And I realize again, that is not realistic for every single person, but it is what has worked for me because I have figured out how to edit faster, how to make my thumbnails faster. Like I use PicMonkey, like there's nobody's business. And I'm just like, edit over that last thumbnail. Thank you. And it's done, right? Like you just, you can get it done faster and more efficiently over time as you figure out what systems work for you. So it's just, um, yeah, that's just, I don't, I don't plan a whole, a whole lot ahead. I will like at the end of a month, look at the month ahead. And it's easy for me again, to map out my content because I try to do the same thing each day. It makes it so much easier for me. Um, but if there's something coming up, like I have a product review or something like that, I can figure out where it is going to fit. I, I typically will let brands know I can't really work with hard and fast dates because that will just throw a lot of things off. So I typically let them know it's either going up on a Wednesday or a Friday or it's not going up at all. <laughs> so you just kind of have to say like, sometimes you have to say no to taking on other deals or collaborations because it just doesn't work with your schedule. You know, speaking of that, actually, um, how, so there's this whole thing, influencing, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, okay, because like, <laughs> some people don't like that word, but I mean, I used to do a lot of product reviews in the past too, and it's a lot of work. Um, I'm sure it's different these days. I don't know. I'm not really in it right now, but how, how is that in the YouTube community? Like, how do you, do you like sharing the products? Like, how do you take on an influencer or a reviewing opportunity, I guess? Well, for planner stuff, it's not normally too bad. It's like, I'm kind of used to it. A company is like, Hey, we have this planner coming out. I'm like, okay, I can fit that in it. It kind of works out sometimes because I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to film a daily plan with me and I'll fit that in that slot. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's pretty easy going. I take almost zero sponsorships. Uh, it's not my thing simply because I don't want my opinion of a product to be skewed. If you're sending me a product, that's fine, but I can't pay my bills with the products. So I don't really look at it as payment. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to review this planner, but I need you to know that I'm going to be a thousand percent honest. And if your paper is crap, my audience going to know is going to know that your paper is crap. <laughs> So um, I think that brands know that when they're go coming into like a collaboration with me that I fully expect to be able to be a thousand percent honest. You can give me all the details about your product all you want. I'm still going to give my opinion about it, whether I paid for the product or you sent it to me. Um, as far as like, 
how do I like work out the brand deals? I do feel like a lot of it has changed over the last few years. Understandably, creators want to be paid for their time and their energy that they put into these videos. I, um, again, I don't do a lot of paid sponsorships because it's just, it's not my thing. It's not one of my goals to uh, achieve is to do a lot of sponsorships. I think that they would be fun in the future if it fits into what works for me. But right now I just, I, I enjoy reviewing things. I feel like I have a little bit more freedom to speak my mind when I, when I do things that way, I've done sponsorships with videos. And I think people don't realize how much of your content is controlled by said sponsor, like down to the description of your video. I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it comes at a price to do sponsorships. So choose wisely. <laughs> I love that. I think people don't realize like how much certain brands that approach you are like, I want this and this and that. And yeah, that's, that's happened to me before. And I was like, mm, I don't agree with that. And so I'm going to have to respectfully pass, <laughs> you know, because it, if it doesn't align with you, you shouldn't take it because it, it, you can see it, even though we're on social media, like people know, especially people that have been following you, uh, for anybody that's growing, trying to grow their audience, like your audience will know if you're faking it, if you're not being genuine. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. I can't tell you how many influencer in quote I've unfollowed. Cause I'm like, oh no, she was paid for this. She does not believe this. Like seriously, no. And when it's not genuine, like you, you lose credibility really fast. As fat, like as slow as it would probably was to grow your your audience, you can lose it that quick, and that's a big risk to take. Absolutely, like my integrity means the world to me, and I would never, if I don't like something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell someone I don't I'm like. Yeah, that's that's I wouldn't buy that <laughs> you know what I mean like or this is like not appropriately priced you know or you know just understanding your audience like you know consistently recommending like super expensive planners it's like okay you might be able to afford it but being transparent with your audience like this is expensive like you might need to save up for it um you know I think that that even that's important even if it's you buying something just um, and it wasn't given to you. I, I really think that that is important. Like just not acting like planners are just like falling from the sky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, I think it, you just have to be really honest and transparent with people. Um, like I, ha I have an expensive planner. I have one and I constantly look at it and I'm just like, I feel sad because I don't always use it. So when I do take it out, I feel guilty because I'm like, this is really effing expensive. <laughs> why is it sitting on the shelf? Um, anyway, it's, that's neither here nor there, but it's just, just be honest with people. I, I think that, and I think that that's, what's hard is that when, when a brand does pay you, they, they almost treat you like you're an actor and they want you to say X, Y, and Z. And that's where things can get a little like skewed. Like nowadays, I think you have to be honest with brands. Like I need to be able to say, you know, my thoughts on the product, I can share the information about your product, but at the end of the day, I'm going to share my honest opinion because that's why, that's why brands come to influencers and not actors because they're not looking for actors. Right. And they're, they're certainly not paying us actor pay. So 
<laughs> so I'm just, you know, I, you know, you just have to keep it real. They're going to send you like a free product and, and maybe hand you 50, a hundred dollars, whatever. And then they want you to talk about it. Like, you know, like they didn't just get away with not paying an actor, not paying for a studio, not paying for a camera crew, not paying for lighting. So when they try to control what you say, I'm just like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's what we love about you, Julie, is that you are so honest and people know they can go to you for that. And so I love that about you. And yeah, that's why we're drawn to you. So thank you for your, your honesty. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're in Q&A, I think. Do you have some questions that people are dying to know? <laughs> I have a question. Oh, Jared has a question. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. What's your planner stack right now? What are you using? Yes. See, I was ready for this question. <laughs> Good question. I really was. I really was. So I am using a plum paper daily that is like conveniently disguised like an Erin Condren. It's really not. But a lot of people um, don't realize that the coil of the plum paper, oh, this is an Erin Condren coil too. Like this thing is turning back into an Erin <laughs> Condren planner. <laughs> but I like gold coils. I, I just, I love them so much. But um, so this is a plum paper daily. This is like my workhorse. I use it like day in and day out. This is like the thing that I focus on just all the time. Um, I absolutely love it. And what's really cool is that if you have like a ton of EC covers, it fits on there perfectly. Um, it's, just, it's such a good planner. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, I love a good daily planner. So that's what I've been using a lot. And then for my goal setting weekly planner slash memory keeping thing, I use a Moxie Life planner, which I absolutely love. I, I love it. And I love Sierra, the founder and creator of the Moxie Life. It's just, yeah, I love it. I really do. Just two planners? That's good. That's, I know. That's, I mean, so I look back in the day, like the amounts of planners. I also just use a daily and a weekly because I, my brain just, uh, it, it just becomes too much. Uh, I become from trying to plan things to, I don't even know what I planned what. So yeah, I had to simplify it. I, I have done that too. I used to use a lot of different planners, but I felt like I had a planner for work. I mean, I still do. And, and now I have to find a new planner for work, but I had one for work. I had one for daily. I had like a meal planner. I had to, and then at some point I was just like, I don't, I don't even know when I'm supposed to brush my teeth. This is out of hand, right? It's like, this is too much. It's when yeah. it's counterproductive that you're just like, is this the hobbyist or the, I, am I actually trying to get anything done? Because it's fun playing around with this stuff. It's fun playing around with the stickers and getting creative and, and doing all of these things. But when you actually don't get anything done, just, you know, sometimes you have to have like that reality check with yourself. Like I just spent four hours playing with my stickers, like, and the laundry's not put away and all this stuff. And your house is like falling apart and you're just like, okay. I'm not saying don't have the four hour like sticker session, but, but you still got to put your laundry away. I'm telling myself that because I haven't put my laundry away. <laughs> so on top of that, what is your go-to pen? Hold on. She made a face, guys. Wait. <laughs> I have so many. Um, so today, where? <laughs> Today, it is the Sarasa Dry and 0.5 from Cloth and Paper. It actually writes like a 0.7. I think that's why I like it. And it works really, really well on plum paper paper, which we all know is like 
butter, like almost too buttery, like no pen wants to dry on that paper very quickly. But the Sarasa dry is like, it's like a match made in heaven. Like it dries so fast, like it really holds up to its name. But this is one that I've really, really been liking lately because it literally works on every single planner paper, like really well. I tried it out in like five different planners. I was like, this this is a unicorn pen. It works in EC paper, plum paper, moxie life, cloth and paper. What else do I have? It works in all of them. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you put me onto the Sharpie S gel and now I'm like yeah, here with that one's such a them. good pen. <laughs> that is such a good pen. I'm I'm just really in a weird phase where like I can't find like my sweet spot with the Sharpie S gel. I feel like any random person who's suddenly listening to this po podcast is like what are they talking about? <laughs> it's like, I don't like the 0.5 Sharpie S gel. And I've had, at first I had like really good batches of the 0.7. And now all of a sudden, all my 0.7s are skipping. And then someone told me, if you keep switching the type of paper that you write on with the S gel, it creates an issue with the ink. And so if you write on a regular like post-it, like a regular post-it, and then go try to go back to your nice fancy planner paper, It'll create problems. Apparently it messes up the ball in the pen. I'm like, what? <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah, because sometimes I have no it's dark. And sometimes I write with yeah. it and it's light. And I'm like, wait, this is the same pen. Like what's happening? <laughs> right. What it like what's going on? So I, I typically that's why I tried the Sarasa in like all the paper. I was like, let's see. That's why I'm like, this thing is magical. It is magical. <laughs> Gotta try that one now. <laughs> That's yes. a good pen. I use the yes. Sarasa Dry 0.7. I haven't tried the 0.5 because I feel like when it's so fine, I'm almost piercing the paper. Do you know that feeling? Yeah. It's, yes. It's hard to explain, but you planner peeps know what I'm talking about. Where it's almost like mm, I can't do it. So I always go for 0.7. That's like my. But yeah, I've used a ton of those pens. Those are great. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit heavy handed. So on the other side of like my plum paper, I can feel that ridging that's happening. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. But like, I have a heavy hand. I can't help it. <laughs> I feel like we could have a whole podcast on pens, but. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. But for the longest, for years and years, I used the Sharpie um, fine tip. Was it the fine tip um, felt? Oh my God, for like four years or something, I just couldn't stop using it. Was, now I'm like, okay, let me move on to a different pen for a while. I'll give it a break. Have, have you grabbed that pen recently? Because I did. And it's like, the ink isn't black anymore. It's like not pigmented enough or other oh. pens have possibly come a long way that now when I try it, because I have one right here, I have every pen under the sun, right? <laughs> it doesn't, right it's that great anymore I'm like what what happened what happened Sharpie like they moved they moved on to gel ink and now this is like yeah <laughs> I never gelled with that one it was always so weird to hold like I don't know if it was the texture of the of the pen itself like it was just it's that I don't know anyway let's move on it's all about the pen grip. Again, let's go back to the Sarasa. Look at that. I'm going to have to try. That's a great grip. I'm going to have to try. It is. It, it really is. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right. Let's try some Q&A. So I, all the questions that I got in the Q&A were the same ones you guys asked me. 
Oh, I love it. I, I was like, it. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Love oh, that. I have a question. Okay. <laughs> I always have questions. So when you started YouTube, because like I said, you started on Instagram, right? mainly like it's easy, easy, unquote. Um, you take a picture, you post it, you're good. But with YouTube, when you grab the camera, how was it around your family? Like, how did they get used to the idea that, hey, my wife's going to be a YouTuber. She's recording now. Like, this is weird. Like, and your kids, like, what was, what was that like? It was really awkward at first. Um, because I think, I think that my husband was overseas when I started the whole YouTube thing. And so when I kind of tried to like explain what it was that I'm doing, just talking to a camera, showing someone how I plan out my week, it was a little bit weird. And I, I had a really hard time at first recording with an earshot of anyone else. I was just like, can they hear me? I know that this sounds weird. Right. Um, and then over time, like my kids know <laughs> my like exit line for all of my videos. <laughs> like my, my dad will be like, um, oh my gosh, what is it that I say? I'm like not in recording YouTube mode, but you know what I'll say? Like, if you like this video, please be sure to give it a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you plus the <laughs> I love they that. can say it word for word like I can normally say all of that like with my eyes closed it's crazy but they're they're just so used to it like even some of their friends will like subscribe to my channel they think it's like the coolest thing ever which just blows my mind um and then one of my like daughter's friend my daughter's friend also does YouTube so we're always like you know swapping advice and things like that so I feel like over time they just they're really supportive about it because they know how happy it makes me and I that that just means the world to me you know just to have that level of support and understanding that this weird thing that they don't understand they're just they're willing to support me because they love me and they they get it they like don't get it but they get it and it's awesome because I, I wouldn't not, I wouldn't do any of this without their support. I absolutely wouldn't. If they weren't on board with it, it would just be too difficult. And I would have probably given up a long time ago. So I, oh, I love them. <laughs> oh, I love that. Shout out to Julie's family. <laughs> yeah, that's they so are. Cool. They are amazing. They really are. I love when like, I think I forget which vlog it was, but like your son took the camera during the vlog. I was like, yes, please take the camera. I want to see this. <laughs> when I tell you that it was like an out of body experience for me, I was like, what are they doing? Because I, I'm very protective of my kids. And I also have very strong opinions about like family vlogging. And obviously my kids are adults, but I'm also still like, I want to keep them in this bubble and protected from the evilness that is random YouTube commenters. So I typically don't have them in any shots whatsoever. And that day I was, I think I was cooking or doing something. And next thing you know, my daughter grabbed the camera and then my son grabbed the camera from her. And I was just like, what is happening? And we all thought it was funny. It was cute. And then when I went to edit it, I said, Hey guys, this is footage that I have. Do you, or do you not want this on my channel? Because I will a thousand percent ask their permission every single time, even if they obviously picked up the camera when it comes time to edit and actually hit publish and have thousands of people watching it. I still want to make sure that it's something that they're okay with. Um, it's just so important to me, but that was, that was a moment that I will <laughs> not ever forget. Um, 
they're they're awesome and i i love again that they support it while also you know i think it's it's like a mutual thing like they know that i will never force them to be on camera and they know that this is just something that i love and i think that that's why it works so well for us That's so cool. I, I love that. I, I remember watching that vlog and be like, oh my goodness, look at her. Like I could tell you were so nervous. You're like, what's happening? But I love like, every... what are you gonna say? Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, don't say anything embarrassing. It's almost like that kind of like mom moment of like, don't yeah. say anything embarrassing, don't say anything that em- that will embarrass me. Just don't just be good. Yeah. It was so fun to watch. I was like, oh, look at them. They're, they're it so really fun. was. And I was so glad that they, that they let me keep it in there because it was something that I was just like, this is just too cool. You know, they're always around, but you guys like almost never see me have them in the videos. So it was kind of cool that they wanted to be there. That's great. Well, I, we just loved talking with you today and we appreciated you being here. It was so much fun. Just like diving into all this YouTube stuff, but also, you know, knowing your favorite Hamilton song, which is a great one. <laughs> Um, so thank you the so much. Best, for the best. <laughs> this was, is so fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Planner Talk podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram where we can continue the conversation and we will see you there.